0: I took a stroll down the old long walk of a day. I-a-a-a. I met a little girl and we stopped to talk on a fine soft day. I-a-a. And I asked your friend. The Goldway Girl, to The do? Best of Sharon Shannon, 2008. One of the many challenges that face artists and artist management is the balancing act of artistic integrity versus commercial opportunity and success. I learned many lessons throughout the course of my career from two great masters, Mike Scott of the Waterboys and Christy Moore. Both have had long and successful careers and continue to be important creators and performers, but yet both have commercial success. In my management of Sharon for over thirty years, I have always looked to these two for inspiration, among others. But equally am engaged with publishers, agents, record labels, promoters, PR, etc and all the people who make up this industry. The Galway Girl 2008 was a test case for this challenge. To bring out a best of album less than three years after another best of the Sharon Shannon collection 1990 to 2005. This collection had 29 tracks dating from 1990 to 2005 and we had raided the arsenal of all the gems in the archive and recorded some new tracks to give value for money for this collection. The collection was a big commercial success, so why go with another best of three years later? Surely this might have proven to be both artistic and commercial suicide. Well, the answer to this came in the form of the Steve Earle song, The Galway Girl. Sharon had recorded the song along with Steve and released it on the Diamond Mountain sessions in 2000. But the song had been largely eclipsed by, on one side, the huge success of Say You Love Me with Desi O'Halloran and, on the other side, the collapse of the grapevine label in terms of international success. However, in 2005, Mundy and Sharon performed the song live from the Roisin Dove venue in Galway on a broadcast of the Tom Dunn radio show for Today FM. Tom loved the song and, in fact, played it many times after that outside broadcast. Then, Mundy recorded a version of the song with Sharon for his Live and Confusion album in 2006. This was the very beginning of the download era, and throughout 2007, the Galway Girl was getting lots of downloads. My teenage daughter told me that they had played the song on three Friday nights in succession at the Wesley Teenage Disco. So, a quick break here from talking, and let's hear Mundy's version from Live and Confusion of the Galway Girl. I want to invite out a really, really special friend of mine all the way. She just arrived in from Italy, I think, today. Can you put a big hand together for Sharon Shannon? I took a soul down the old long walk on the day I, I met a little girl and we stopped to talk on a grand soft day. And I asked you, friend, what's a fella to do? Because her hair was black and her eyes were blue. Take it away. Take it home And I ask you friends, what would you do If her hair was black and her eyes were blue I was intrigued with all of this, especially the news from Emily, that on three Friday nights in succession, Galway Girl had been played at Wes. This was essentially a teenage market, more used to Christina Aguilera or Britney Spears or Justin Timberlake at the time. However, in 2007 came the Hollywood movie success of the Maeve Binchy book P.S. I Love You, which starred Hilary Swank. Steve Earle's recorded version of The Galway Girl, which of course featured Sharon, was a huge part in this movie. It was an audio picture in Ireland in the movie, and it almost existed as a character in itself. Uh, All these events helped make people aware of the song, at least in the periphery of their minds. However, the real tipping point, as Malcolm Gladwell would surely say, came with a phone call out of the blue to me. I was in Australia with Sharon touring the Renegade album that Sharon had recorded with Mike McGoldrick, Jim Murray and Desi Donnelly. It was a Monday night, and as often on Monday or Tuesday while on tour, you take filler gigs, in other words, small shows that won't generate great fees, but will pay the overhead for the day, wages, hotels, food, etc. I was crossing the road from the hotel in a tiny town called Bangalow in New South Wales when my phone rang. It came up as Unknown Caller, and for a minute, I dithered before answering. But I did answer, and on the phone was a guy I didn't know called Connor McGuinness from an agency in Dublin called Youngs. They were shooting a commercial for Bulmers Magners on the very next day and wanted to know who owned the rights to the recorded music of The Galway Girl. I told them that the Daisy label, a company owned by Sharon and I, owned the rights, and I will explain how this came about in another podcast later. So Connor wanted to know if we would license the music to Bulmers for the ad, I said I needed to consult with Sharon, and then he asked if I knew Steve Earle's publisher, as they were getting no feedback from this particular person. So just to explain how music is used for commercials, first of all, clients client who want to use your song to advertise their product needs to obtain what's known in the business as a synchronization license, or shortened to Sync. This means that the owner of the copyright in the recorded master and the owner of the copyright in the composition need to agree and be paid on a 50-50 basis in terms of any advance due. In the long run, the composer is the winner here as each time the ad is aired, the broadcaster needs to pay the composer. I told Sharon the content of the phone call and she was all up for licensing the recorded master to Bulmers. So we emailed Steve directly about his publisher. Steve was between managers at the time, and obviously we were in New South Wales. Conor McGuinness was in Dublin, and Steve was in Nashville. But Steve wrote back overnight and said he instructed his publisher to go ahead with the deal, but under a certain condition. As Steve was a recovering addict, he didn't feel comfortable making money from promoting a drinks band, but he assigned all the income to a drug recovery programme based in the US. So I duly called Connor McGuinness the next morning and told him Sharon had agreed and so had Steve and he would be hearing from Steve's publisher. I was due to leave Australia the following week and arranged a meeting with Youngs to discuss the campaign shortly after my return. Now, I'm going to take another break here and play a track from the Galway Girl album. This track was written by Sharon and Jim Murray and appeared on the Renegade album. This is not the album version that appeared on Renegade. It's a live version recorded for the Galway Girl album, featuring Sharon Shannon's big band with Jim Murray on guitar, Mike McGoldrick on flute and Desi Donnelly on fiddle, recorded in the Opera House in Cork. And this track is called Neck Belly. Okay, so before I left Melbourne, Sharon and I agreed to try and encourage Bulmers to use a new version of The Galway Girl that we would record with Mundy. They didn't want Mundy's version anyway because it was live and they wanted a studio recording. So let me tell you the magnitude of this great gift that had fallen into our arms via Bulmers. Sharon and I formed the Daisy label in 2002 following the demise of Grapevine. Again, more of this in a later podcast. So we were now in the business of funding and promoting Sharon's own records as well as recording them. We relied heavily on commercial advice from our Irish distributors, Peter Kenny and Janine Nallan at RMG Distribution Ireland, and also on PR from the late, great Catherine Greenhall, and touring advice from Martin Nolan and Mick Lennox at MPI, who were the booking agents. In terms of promotional budgets, We were a small label and always had modest sums available for promotion. We rarely could afford to spend money on radio advertising, which was expensive, and TV advertising, which was really expensive. So here come Bullmers with a promotion campaign to the value of over 300,000 euro across radio and TV spread over three months. This was an incredible opportunity, and the advice from all sides was to record the song with Mundy but release a new best-of and tour subsequently. The commercial reality of just releasing a single was not the way to go, but a brand new best-of, which would mean that, as rights holders, the Daisy label could capitalise financially from this windfall. I doubt the Daisy label ever had any more than €5,000 budget for radio and TV commercials, and now we effectively had been given three hundred k. The big difficulty here, though, was the balancing act that I referred to earlier on between artistic integrity and massive commercial opportunity. Sharon was very uncomfortable at first with the crass commercial cheek of issuing a best of three years after the last one. However, we discussed it out and felt that if we could provide five new tracks out of the 13 that would eventually be on the album, that at least it would be some small step in providing value to the consumer or the customer, especially those that would have already bought the collection three years earlier. The other decision was to make the recommended retail price of the album mid-priced, which therefore retailing at twelve ninety nine, and so that was providing value in another way to the customer. So we set about getting five new tracks, including a new recording of The Galway Girl by Monday. I duly met with Conor McGuinness and the creative director at Young's, Shane Whelan, in late October and put forward the plan to record the version with Mundy. Shane himself was a big Mundy fan and agreed to run with the idea and fund the recording, although he cautioned that the client, Bulmers, was now so used to the Steve version that it would be hard to change their minds. However, he said he would present our alternative to the client. So off we went and recorded the Monday version in the same key and the exact same tempo, BPM, beats per minute, as Steve's version, to give this a better chance of success with the client. It didn't work, however, and they went with the Steve version in the end, but we did release the version with Monday as a single and included it as the last track on the album. The Bulmers campaign began during the Easter weekend, April 2008. In March, Mundy's live version had won most downloaded track of 2007 at the Meteor Awards. Sharon's big band, with Mundy as guest, performed The Galway Girl on the Late Late Show on the Friday after Easter that year and we announced tour dates. We released the single and the album over the May Bank holiday weekend and both went to number one in Ireland the following week. We achieved our dream and got our two number ones a single and an album in one week and a long TV campaign to follow to promote the shows for the rest of the year. We should have been cracking open the champagne that week, but in exactly the same week as we had both number ones, Sharon's long-time partner, Leo Healy, died suddenly in a sleep, aged 46, on the day the album was released. A few days after Leo was buried, the album and the single went to number one in the Irish charts. Somehow, achieving this great feat didn't seem to mean that much in the wake of this immense, personal, unexpected tragedy for Charlotte.